Good morning and welcome to the Thundergrads podcast. I am your host, Michael Martin. And as always, every Monday and Thursday, I am joined by Mr. Miles Hartman. We are live in the 405, aren't we? Yes, sir. We live in the 405. Big Mike, how you doing today, bro? Doing all right. You know, regular season starts tomorrow. Really excited. We get some real basketball, not any preseason. But that's not to say that preseason doesn't matter. You know, Josh Giddy has been incredible in the preseason so far uh, with great averages. He's averaging 14 points per game on 52% shooting, 40% from three, five assists, seven rebounds, and two turnovers. But my question is, even after this great preseason start, how good can Josh Giddy be? You know, at the number six pick, not a lot of guys turn into MVPs or even superstars. But Josh Giddy's looked really great. How high is the ceiling for him, in your opinion? From what I've seen so far, he he is showing that he is a solid starter for this team, and he can possibly be a top two or three option on this team moving forward, along with Shea, Dort, Baisley, those type of guys. He could be somewhere in that mix. He Overall, he's a solid ball handler and playmaker who can create for his teammates and himself and he's great in pick and roll plays that we've seen, especially when him and Poku showed flash. They played against. They had they had that preseason game where they went off. The second one. Against yeah, Denver. it was it was crazy how they just how their chemistry was shown on on the court. But um, his game reminds me a little bit of like a Ricky Rubio mm-hmm. sort of in sort of way when he played with the Timberwolves. He he made guys like Kevin Love, Kevin Martin, AK forty seven better, especially on the offensive end. So and that's why I feel like his game is similar to Ricky Rubio in those ways. And honestly, Giddy has the ability to make quick decisions with the ball. You've seen him make um short shortcut passes in a short amount of time in a small window. So it's just great to see him it's pocket passes. Right. Like he has like he's shown that he can be an elite playmaker in this league for years to come. And in the next five years, he'll probably he'll probably be an all star in the next five to six years. But you gotta understand the elite talent that's in the Western Conference at the guard position specifically. You got off top, you got Curry, you got Dame, you got Luca, you got Spider, you got Fox, you got his teammate SGA, you got D Book. So it's like he's gonna have it's gonna be tough, but he has he has to understand that his game is gonna translate into him being an all star sooner than later. So we'll to be on the lookout for that. And I one thing I would like to see more of is how he can be consistent throughout the regular season. Cause you gotta understand it's 82, 82 games that are coming up. How is his how is his body uh, going to translate moving forward? How is his ability to see the floor better? Is his IQ going to stay the same? Is he going to be able to face the elite guards that I named earlier in the podcast? Uh, like I said, and how is his game going to translate and complement those around him moving forward? But I'm not going to go out the gate and say that he's a superstar. Because I haven't, I've only seen him in the preseason, but we'll see how that goes. No, no uh, way. I'd say he's a potential superstar right now. Anyways, can he get to that point? Maybe, but in reality, there are like maybe seven superstars in the league right now. So being a superstar is elite, elite, elite company. It's not something that a lot of guys are in. But if he can be an all star one game uh, one day, which I think he can, and you mentioned that you think he can, I think that's a success, especially at the number six pick. You just don't see a lot of guys work out to that extent but you mentioned it the ball handling the playmaking especially at his size 
he just has so much body control and just looks so comfortable. It just doesn't look like he's been really pressured into anything. Everything looks sort of sort of easy for him. But I don't think the Thunder are any danger of missing on this pick. You mentioned Ricky Rubio. I think he's already going to be better than Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio didn't shoot ever with any confidence. He was a better defender probably than Giddy will ever be. Uh, passing is a little bit different because Rubio is just, you know, he's like five, six inches shorter. So mm-hmm. Giddy probably gets the nod just in that. Having that height of him being 6'9", yeah. it definitely helps out a lot. See over guys, get different passing lanes. You can just hit windows that you can't be in a shorter guy. Absolutely, and then I love the the floater game that Giddy showed off a little bit Mm because that's just shown to be really, really important in this age with guys like Shea has a floater, Trey Trey. Young, De'Aaron Fox, Luka, Ja. That is the shot. That's one one of those that you have to have if you're not going to be somebody who consistently finishes at the rim all the time, even though he does. But Josh Giddy, definitely an all-star, definitely a good starting point, but definitely better than Ricky Rubio. But off that, I wanted to ask you, because you compared him to some guys. We saw uh, we had a text discussion about this, and I said, we got to save this for the pod because we're going to get heated on it. Giddy versus LaMelo, two guys who have been compared to each other, not just because of the NBL, but also just body-wise. I even have their pre-draft measurements right here. LaMelo was measured at 6'6", 190 with a 6'6", wingspan, whereas Giddy was measured in at 6'9", 200 pounds, 6'7", wingspan. In the preseason this year, Josh Giddy had 14 points per game, 52% shooting, 40% from three, five assists, seven rebounds, two turnovers per game, compared to LaMelo's 13 points per game on 37% shooting, 20% from three. Not great. But um, five assists, four rebounds, and three turnovers. So my question for you is, is it crazy to think that Josh Giddy's ceiling is higher than LaMelo's or he could possibly be better than LaMelo at some point. It is crazy. Uh, but let me go off to say, let me start off by this. These are two elite guards who are above 6'5 and are straight-up magicians with the ball in their hands. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way. They're both, they're both talented for their respective team and are showing flashes that they are going to be the prime uh, ball handler for their, for their team moving forward for many years to come. But I'm going to have to go with LaMelo, though. The reason why is because Melo's advantage of his athletic ability. This helped his game translate from the NBL to the NBA, which led him to become the NBL Rookie of the Year to also the NBA Rookie of the Year, which is why he's also a better finisher around the rim and being aggressive. This is something that Josh Giddy needs to improve on if he wants to remain in the league. Melo's also more confident with the basketball in his hand. He's has a better ability to run the floor better. He's better at creating shots for himself and better at creating shots for his teammates and getting them more involved in the games. And But also you have to understand, this is no disrespect to Josh Giddy, but if I'm starting a franchise and I had to pick either of the two, I'm going with LaMelo. I would probably pick LaMelo too just based off this small sample size, but I do think there's potential that Giddy could end up being better than him. I mean, he's a bigger body. He's more versatile on defense. He's actually going to guard somebody. LaMelo has not guarded anybody in his entire life, and I don't think he intends to start now. He's not Lonzo out there. But you mentioned the athleticism. Josh Giddy's not a bad athlete, but I don't think LaMelo's some superstar athlete. I think it's very close. It's not like we're going from Josh Giddy to Zach Levine. But I think the size and the wingspan can make up for some of that. We mentioned just being taller makes it 
makes your ability to hit some of these pocket passes just a little bit easier cross court and different things like that hit some lobs but there's definitely no wrong answer between the two uh coin flip of course but ideally for the thunder we hope that josh giddy ends up being better right and also if you want to go back and compare the stats for when they both played in the nba Melo averaged 17, 7.5, and 7 assists, while Josh Giddy averaged a little under 10 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 5.8 assists. And Giddy played more games than Melo. But he was more efficient. But also Melo Melo was also injured. So it's like, how can you really go off somebody's entire career in that league when when he didn't play a full season? Yeah. But, I mean, it's the only information we really have right now because – it's preseason NBL. It's hard to tell, but it's just speculation. We're having some fun. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Thunder fans will be having fun not tomorrow night, but Wednesday night when they open their season at Utah against the Jazz. I was wondering, what is your um, what's an opening what what's to watch for? I guess on opening night. Obviously, you got veteran big man Derek Favors going up against his former team. Battling up against battling in the paint with his, with the reigning defensive player of the year Rudy Gobert, so that's going to be exciting to watch uh, watch out for. It. Also, be on the lookout for SGA's starting campaign mm-hmm. for winning Most Improved Player of the Year. I'm rooting for him. He's as he tries to get a win on the road in front of a tough crowd like Utah. This is not your average fan base of fans. No disrespect to Utah, but it's like they seem to be aggressive it's different right it's a different atmosphere whenever you step in that arena and and play on the road at utah so that's going to be exciting to watch out for also i do expect lou dort to take on responsibility to guard spider that's a matchup spider he's showcased that he's the one of the main young players in this league that are going to take his level to the new heights and and is going to prove that he is going to be a superstar in this league moving forward so be on the look also i'm like i'm excited to watch dort showcasing that not only he's a threat on the defensive end but also on the offensive end as well you've seen it in the preseason that dort has been knocking down threes and making team making other teams pay for leaving him open at the three so and he's gonna he's proven that he's gonna knock it down so i'm excited to watch him um seeing that also i'm excited to see ricky these young talented rookie guards like josh giddy Trey Mann for the Thunder and Jared Butler for the Jazz. This is a guy coming out of Baylor, and I'm just excited to see them get their first taste of the regular season and how they manage to take their talents to new heights as the season progresses. That should be fun to watch. Absolutely. No, I agree with a lot of those points. I'm more so – you mentioned Gobert. I want to see how a lot of these younger Thunder players react to Rudy Gobert, being that – presence in the paint and different things like that because a lot of these thunder games so far in the preseason have been really up and down a lot of scoring a lot of guys getting into the paint that does not happen with Rudy Gobert say what you want about him in the postseason in the regular season he is locking down that paint so I wonder for guys like you know Josh Giddy, um, Poku, Trey Mann and some other guys who have not played against necessarily that level of size and shot contesting skill like what does that do for them and on top of that you know um going with Gobert again, what does that do for the small ball fives that the Thunder kind of have? Like, you mentioned Derek Favors. He's going to hold his own. They played. They've been teammates. They played against each other a bunch of times. But for guys like Isaiah Roby and JRE, who are trying to find their way in the league, who are a little bit undersized, I wonder how they manage that. You know, maybe they're able to pull Gobert out a little bit because they're hitting those threes in the corners. But 
seeing how that plans out. And then on top of that, um, we mentioned Giddy a lot earlier. I think this is going to be a really good test for him, not only because of Gobert, but he's getting guarded by one of his mentors, most likely, in Joe Ingles. And Joe Ingles, as Thunder fans know, gave Paul George <laughs> problems. And Paul George, I think this is not shocking news, is better than Josh Giddy right now. Yeah. So I'd like to see... You know, what does Josh Giddy do? How does he react to that? Some of the trash talk and the physicality and just the schematics of how Utah plays. Because Utah, Miles, is one of the better teams in the NBA and one of the better defenses. It's not going to be easy. Also, you can't we can't continue to sleep on Mike Conley. No. No, solid. Solid, underrated point guard his whole life. And I definitely feel like him, with that backcourt of him and Spider, it definitely is going to help Spider – Spider's game translate and and continue to move forward as the season progresses. Yeah, so. see if he can take that leap. Yeah, uh, we mentioned some young guys. I almost forgot to ask you this because I skipped right over it on the rundown. But um, outside of the obvious candidates and young guys like Shea, Giddy, Dort, Baisley, Poku, who are all going to have a lot of opportunities and are kind of like already seen by a lot of fans in the national media and Thunder fans as somebody who could break out. Who is somebody else other than those five guys who you think is in a great position to? Maybe be a keeper for the Thunder in the long term for this rebuild. Man, I feel bad for this guy because, you know, he always gets slept on. I'm talking about Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome. 6'5 guard out of Virginia a couple, a couple years ago. Was drafted to Phoenix. Had a little stint in there. Worked his way up from the OKC Blue and proves right away that he deserves a spot in the league. Uh, he's, he's been showing that he's a great shooter. Decent off the dribble score, great feel for the game. He's a solid playmaker. He's also showing that he's a nice addition to the second unit coming off the bench with guys like Tail Maladon, Poku, and compliments rookies like Trey Mann and JRE and helping them get better as the season progresses. So far in the preseason, he's dropped 13, 3, and 4 versus the Bucks, and 16, 7, and 3 versus the Nuggets. And he's proven that he can be a great asset to this team moving forward. So I'm excited to see how he's how he's going to take his game to uh, to new heights moving forward. You could never have too much shooting. Yeah. Never have too much shooting. You always love to have those guys who are outlets, especially with Giddy and Poku and uh Shea as guys who like to beat their guys off the dribble and then kick it out to corners or up top. Having those guys as outlets is just so important. And then, you know, some secondary playmaking, the Thunder are very versatile. They like to have anybody be able to play make and run pick and roll. He can absolutely do that, Ty Jerome. And then um, just watching sort of basketball nerd talk right here, he's a great quarterback on defense and just getting people in the right place. He's not a great one-on-one defender, but just in terms of orchestrating where other guys should be, he really helps them out. But yeah, what's, who's, who do you think is going to is gonna show out this season? I think that both these guys have a really good chance. I have two guys only because they sort of have the same position on the team, and that's JRE and Isaiah Roby. Like, if they can make those knockdown threes and they can guard and be switchable on defense, you're, you can be here for 10 years. You can play 10 years in the league. So it's just a matter of can they do that? Can they show that they can stay with these guards when they're switched on to them and then stay with some of these bigger guys? Like, obviously, nobody in the league is guarding Jokic, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, but can they guard 99% of the other centers? That's more my question. And if they can do that, either one of those guys – they may not be the starting center of the future, but they can be on this roster for a very, very long time when the Thunder get back into the postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how those guys come into their own and recognize that, you know, I belong in this league. So I'm, hopefully that works out for them. 
Um, opening night tomorrow. You know, TNT has the opening. You'll love to see Charles Barkley and the crew up there. <laughs> uh, who he play for is one of the great segments. It's so great that we're going to play it right now. Okay. I've got 10 players here, Miles, and you're going to tell me where they play now. Okay. Some of these are easy, some of them are not. Jeff Green, who is he playing for now? Jeff Green plays for, I want to say, the Grizzlies. The Denver Nuggets. It was close. After that, Quinn Cook. Whoa. (laughs) Where is Quinn Cook playing? Whoa. Oh, snap. Yo. Where is QC right now? (sighs) How many guesses do I have? I'll give you two. Dang. Because we have a Is lot it of West or East? West. I'll give you the conference every time. <sighs> but we gotta get through all ten. Oh man. Damn, you didn't tell me who was playing this game. No, that I don't want you prepping oh, for it. Oh my gosh, bro. Okay. They don't prep Barkley. <laughs> Western Conference. QC is playing for the No, not the Mavs. He's playing for Dang. You give oh, up? Wait, no, no, no. Okay. The Kings? Portland. I was thinking Port. That's oh my gosh, bro. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Next, next one. Frank Nealakina. Where, where is Frank Nealakina playing? Frankie Smokes, the first one of the first picks of the Phil Jackson era Knicks. East or West? West. He's in the West now. He's in the West. Mavericks. He is playing for the Mavericks. You Ooh, got it. Oh, look at that. Okay, okay. It, starting to heat up. Another guy foreign player Dante Exum where is he playing H-Town he wait is. he got he just got waived though did he just get waived yeah I saw that and this is a fact error that is 50 points off of this I am so sorry but no you said I was right though he was he was the last time he was playing he was in Houston yeah but uh after that Rodney Hood where's Rodney Hood playing Rodney Hood yo I just saw this he's with him and George Hill played played together. Is it east or west? East. Philly. Milwaukee. Dang. Rodney Hood, George Hill going back to Milwaukee. Rodney Hood for the first time. George Hill returns, though, after the Drew Holiday trade and being a Thunder legend for that matter. Matter of fact. Um, Tristan Thompson. Cavaliers legend Tristan Thompson. Kings. He is with the Kings. There we go. We're we're starting to feel it. Starting <laughs> no, to we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Doug McDermott. Ooh, Doug McBuckets. I just uh, is he? Last time I saw him, he was with the Pacers. He is not with the Pacers. Wait, 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 wait. East or West? West. None of the. I'll tell you right now. None of these players are with their same team from last year. Interesting. Dougie, where's in the West? He's in the West. Dougie McBuckets is in, I want to say, the Jazz? San Antonio. Bruh. Signed with the Spurs on oh an extension, I think a three-year deal. Um, Taco Fall. Where is Taco Fall playing? Oh, my. <laughs> Last time I saw it was, okay, let me ask this question, though. I don't want to assume. East or West? East. Cavs. He's with the Cavs. Yeah, I'm not going to give you conferences for yeah, these last two. Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland got all the big, yeah. you know, so. I'm not going to give you the conference for the last two. Rudy okay. Gay. Where's Rudy Gay playing? Rudy Gay's playing 
He's playing against the Thunder. No, he's not, no, he's playing against the Thunder tonight. He's playing on the Jazz. Yeah, he's with the Jazz, and, and then, now he's injured though. Yeah, and then last one, one of your favorite players of all time, Hassan Whiteside. Oh Where is Hassan God. Whiteside playing? <laughs> he's currently Rudy Gobert's backup. That's correct, Miles. I think let's let's see. You got one, two, three, I was average. four, five, six. He went six for ten. Average. That's. I, those were all hard. It I was gotten all of those. I could have. Wait, what was that? The one where he said he was going to the Trailblazers. Uh, was, Quinn Cook. I I was I had Quinn Cook Trailblazers in my head. I just didn't say it. I. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I, you did better than Chuck. Chuck never gets more than one. Really? So well, that's they Chuck. put the same player every every year on their form, like Garrett Temple or something. <laughs> Shout out Garrett Temple in New Orleans for, no, for Charles real. Barkley <laughs> later. But um, switching up. The Ben Simmons saga continues, Miles. More oh problems, more things. He finally came back. He got his shot. We talked about Ben Simmons, the Uber driver. Ben has arrived. He's here. He No word if he's even gotten his COVID shot. Doc Rivers said he's not in basketball shape. Jeez. And then on top of that, this report came out. This really surprised me. This is via NBC Sports. Some 76ers higher-ups suspect that Ben Simmons faked potential coronavirus exposure to try to dodge Game 7 versus the Hawks. My man is out here faking COVID, bro? That They think that he tried to expose himself, like go out uh, with a bunch of people to get exposed to the virus so he'd be in contact tracing so he wouldn't play in that Jeez. game. Jeez. I didn't see that. I just saw it earlier wow. today. Wow. So... My question is, is he even going to play for the 76ers? Like, he came back, he returned, he gets to the arena, he took a COVID test, he tested negative. But he no one, practice. No one even knows if he's vaccinated, he's not in shape. Like, how does this work? I don't know, man. It's just, it's very awkward and sad to see him resort to faking COVID. Like, that's weird, to see, honestly. But you, you had uh, his teammates coming out and saying – coming out saying that I think that it's perfectly fine. It's not awkward at all. Tobias Harris spoke on it saying that it was it's not even an issue for him to come back to practice. But after he publicly said, I don't want to play for this team. I don't want to play for this city. I don't want to I don't want nothing to do with I don't want to play org- with Embiid. I don't want to play with this organization. I don't want to play with Joel Embiid. I don't believe in the process. And go ahead and practice with them. What is I I'm, oh, and then you're going to diss all the process stuff, and then you're going to play like that in Game 7, and now it looks like you tried to dodge the game to completely. Right. I don't get it. At this point, I don't know, man. Well, how do you trade him? How do you trade him? If if I'm a team looking at him and I go, Ben Simmons is an all-NBA player, one of the 25 best players in the league, one of the five best defenders, and I hear this thing that he tried to get out of Game 7, like why would I trade for that on top of all the shooting woes? How about this? Why not just get in the gym and work on your shot? That's what I'm saying. You're getting thirty million dollars a year. You that, see, like you're getting, like you said, you're getting paid millions to shoot a basketball. Why not just get in the gym? You see, it worked for Lonzo. Yeah. If you want to be a good shooter, you can be a good shooter if you work at it enough. I mean, there are some different guys who, mainly bigger guys, no matter what they do, they're not going to be able to shoot. But if you get with the right shooting coach, and you have enough confidence, which Ben Simmons does not. You can be a good shooter. Giannis is out here doing pull-up threes in the preseason. Exactly. Making free throws in the finals because he's not afraid to fail, whereas Ben Simmons looks like he is trying to avoid failure altogether by not trying. 
I don't get it, man. And it's just sad to see him go from a number one pick in the draft. Well, the next LeBron. That's what exactly like. I don't get it. It's just it's so heartbreaking to see somebody with this much potential not be able to fulfill it. But I hope that once he does get traded, he can turn it around wherever. That's why I'd like somewhere like Sacramento where he can go under the radar and really try to work. But even as a team like the Thunder who are rebuilding, like I'm not trading you any good guys for Ben Simmons. Like I'll take him in a salary dump, but with all this baggage and all these things, like even with four years remaining on his contract, it's just so much to deal with organizationally and then basketball wise where he wants to be the guy when you're clearly not the guy. Man. And it's like you had guys like Allen Iverson and Kevin Hart publicly come out and say, Hey Ben, you know, we can work this out. Like, you know, stay. We could, you know, we could help you out. We're going to embrace you, this, that, and the third. And it's like, he obviously doesn't want that. I don't know what's his next move going to be. Is he going to pull a James Harden and force his way out of the situation? I mean, he's been trying to force him out, and Daryl Morey's called his bluff and just said, we'll just find you then. We we do not care. We'll wait this out. We can wait this longer than you. And so far, Ben Simmons has started to budge. But, like, how ugly does this get? Does he check into the games for the Sixers and it's like you know what you guys want me to shoot threes I'm only shooting threes but you gotta understand bro money talks that's what I'm saying that's why he's back right so it's like man (laughs) I'm so glad this is not us this is not the thunder this just makes me so happy like having like it's great to be a good team and contend like Philadelphia is but some of the headaches of it, it's just nice to have a little break. Right. Now. Like, no one's talking about the Thunder. We're just tanking. We're, we're getting just, some picks. We're just we're out here vibing. We're just just out having here a great time making right. TikToks with Josh Giddy. Poku's <laughs> got his fanny pack. We're just we're having a great time. Shades Shade, and fashion Shade, shows. Wait, fashion shows? Yeah, he looks me? like basketball Travis Scott out there. Just having a great time. But Ben Simmons, please, can we get Ben Simmons traded? Can we just get this over with so right. we can talk about something else? Ben Simmons is so such a tired topic, but it needs to be talked about because it's important. Sort of reminds me of this past summer with Aaron Rodgers yeah. and that whole situation with the front office. And it's just like he wound up he wanted up coming back and playing. So is mm-hmm. Ben Simmons gonna do the same thing? At least Aaron Rodgers has won something. <laughs> ben Simmons <laughs> has not won anything. And he won Rookie of the Year. He won Rookie of the Year. His second year. His second year. <laughs> but uh, Aaron Rodgers won a championship. He won a ring. And he's been like the MVP and different things like that. Ben Simmons has not made a free throw in over like four months. So who knows? But um, speaking best of that. Best of luck to Ben Simmons, though. Best of luck. I don't, not all the best. We'll, we'll give him some. Some Okay, some of the best Some of luck. Some of the best of luck. Okay. We'll give him an average amount of luck. All right, all right. Yeah, let's just go. ration it out. <laughs> but um, speaking of contenders, we made all these other predictions for awards and different things like that, but there's one award that means more than anything, and that is winning an NBA championship. You know, obviously the Suns lose to the Bucks last year, but I was wondering – who do you have in the finals this year first? Who are the two teams? And then give me the, the amount of games and who's coming out champion this year in 2021-2022. Uh, I got the two teams that are headlining the NBA games on Christmas Day. That's LA Lakers, Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. And I have in the finals, I have the Lakers winning in six over the Nets. Really? This is... I feel like this is LeBron's way of saying, look, I'm still the guy in this league. 
I understand that the Lakers squad is a little old than people would would assume, and people would say, "Oh, this roster looks so great on paper," or "Oh, this would this would have been a, a unfair team ten years ago." But there are players on this roster like former Thunder teammates Russ and Melo. Trevor Reza. Right. Don't, Trev- don't Trev- disrespect Thunder, Thunder legend Thunder, Trevor Reza. Re- Thunder legend Trevor Reza. <laughs> you got Hornets guard Malik Monk. You, you He came over from the Hornets. And Baby Goat himself, Kendrick Nunn, who these are guys who want to prove to themselves that they are champions that can play an elite level on the biggest stage in the Staples Center. But you got also you have to understand the headlines. You got old teammates going up against each other in KD, Harden, and Russ when they played here in OKC. You got Braun and Kyrie when they played in Cleveland and won a chip in 2016. If Kyrie is ever allowed to play 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 again uh, due to COVID, but because but the biggest concern for this Lakers team is can their generational talent and Anthony Davis remain healthy? This well, all three of those guys right. have injury issues. In right. History. So it's like because he is so valuable on this lake, he's the most valuable piece on this Lakers roster, and injuries has been his only issue, his main issue once he got in the league. Is that going to uh is that going to affect the Lakers moving forward and hurt their chances of winning the finals? But I feel like AD's definitely made some improvements this offseason. And he's ready to prove to not only himself but only but the world as well that you know I'm the generational talent that you all are seeing, and I'm still I'm still growing. So I feel like I got the Lakers winning it all. That's crazy. I don't even have the Lakers in my finals. Really, I don't. Um, I have some concern over just some of the fit things with them, and just you know, it's it's a weird roster. It looks like a fantasy basketball team or even something my younger brother would build on 2K. To show like I said, it looks good on yeah, paper. it does, but there are just some concerns I have with sh- shooting things and just ego because there are a lot of big personality guys. Like Carmelo's going to come off the bench. Carmelo's a Hall of Famer. Carmelo doesn't want some bench role where he's Kyle Korver or something like that. He wants some big minutes. He wants a big role. And there, are t- you mentioned the guys who are younger like Kendrick Nunn, THT, um, and Malik, Malik Monk. Monk, they're all trying to make their way in the league and get another big contract. And then you have guys like Russ who are trying to prove that they can win a championship. So there's a bunch of things going on. LeBron's still chasing Jordan. He's trying to get that fifth ring. He's also would love to beat Kevin Durant in the finals. Also, you can't you can't forget Hillbilly Kobe himself, Austin Reeves. Will he be on the court for any Oklahoma of those Sooner games? legend Austin Reeves? <laughs> I'm I'm skipping to my pick. I'm tired of you. Go ahead. Who's your pick, Mike? I've got the Suns losing. In six to the Brooklyn Nets. Phoenix losing again? Losing again. They're, they already lost last season. Phoenix Mercury lost You can lose yesterday again. LeBron's and lost again? a lot of finals. <laughs> Dang, man. But, yeah, I've got the Suns. I really uh, – the Suns losing in this one. I think the real finals is going to be the Nets, Bucks, and whatever round they play in. I think those are the two best teams. And it doesn't really even matter, in my opinion, if – Kyrie plays I think they're still the favorite I think he makes them the overwhelming favorite but they don't necessarily need Kyrie to win a championship this year because their roster is just so deep and this is going to be shocking to you I'm glad you're sitting down James Harden and Kevin Durant are good at basketball Miles they're really good they're going to the win. grass is green the what else is, is new green. that's what I'm saying but they're <laughs> <laughs> what else is new bro? the sky is blue what else yeah. is new bro yeah but those guys are so good that I think that they can carry them to a championship 
uh, James Harden, we mentioned, is just playing a completely different way. He's playing almost like Magic Johnson is a traditional point guard with those other superstars on the floor, and then he can go back to Houston James Harden whenever those guys are on the bench. And then I've talked about them enough. I need to mention Phoenix. I mean, they're playing in the finals, I, you know. But I think that they match up well with the Lakers. DeAndre Ayton was not dominating Anthony Davis, but he was giving him work in terms of being a really good matchup for him. He guarded Jokic as well. Devin Booker is going to get even better. Chris Paul got injured during that series just as much as we want to talk about the Lakers injuries during that series. And then you have guys like Mikhail Bridges um, and Jay Crowder and they added Landry Shamit and just a bunch of other really nice roster guys. Their biggest hole on their roster, which killed them in the finals, was backup center. They get JaVale McGee, who's won a couple of rings, who's a really solid backup. I think the Suns are in a great position to get back to the finals, but unfortunately they're just going to probably run into a buzzsaw in the Nets. I don't know if you saw that Kale Bridges signed that big contract and got paid. It looked like I'd almost say he was underpaid. Really? Yeah. Considering like what his role was on that team in that, in that finals run and just showcasing that he is that – three and D guy that you need on this on any team he's he's shown that he's valuable yeah four years 90 million that seems sort of low to me that's little hey dinner's on you bro like yeah (laughs) i'm just saying for the market like 90 million is 90 million that's crazy but he's getting over a little under a little over sorry 20 million a year but with the new cba and the cap continually going up i think that's going to look like a bargain deal in a few years if he can continue to improve and get his play even higher. Uh, speaking of signings, Jaron Jackson signed his extension today, too. I think it's four years, $105 million for Jaron Jackson Jr. That's another guy whose talent can is seen as generational. It's only – his his healthy? only issue his only issue is can he stay healthy? That's the main issue with him. Four years, 105. Still waiting on DeAndre Ayton future Thunder legend DeAndre Ayton, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, you know, good signings. Love to see some guys get paid our age while we're here eating Chick-fil-A. And ramen. And ramen, their five-star meals, whatever. But no sour grapes here for sure. Big sigh. Okay. And then I wanted to introduce this before we get out of here. Um, I want to do a pick segment. Hopefully we can do every Thursday with Thursday nights on TNT. We'll have a couple of games, and Miles and I are going to make predictions on who's going to win those games, and we'll have sort of a, a stat sheet of uh, sorts, and whoever loses the most of their picks in a month or maybe a couple months will figure out something to do, some sort of punishment or some fun thing that we can do. But I wanted to start that off because we're just going to tease it. I'm not going to wait, make everybody wait till Thursday. With those opening night games tomorrow, let's make some picks. So the first game of the night – is Nets Bucks? Who do you have in that one? I got the Bucks winning on ring night. On ring night, coming off a championship on their home court last year. Also, you had guys like Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday winning not only a ring but a gold medal in the Olympics. Shout out to them. They just they want to remain on top of the world and are willing to fight and do whatever it takes to not only win their first game of the regular season but remain as champions and also remain as the king of the hill. You're also – but you got to understand they're going up against the two of the best scorers in our game today in KD and Harden. It's not going to be easy. No. And I understand that losing a guy like P.J. Tucker in the offseason, this was a guy who took on the responsibility to guard Kevin Durant in the playoffs last season. Let's see if the Bucks have a strategy to slow KD down on opening night. 
I think they're able to pull it off, and Giannis is going to be that same dominant for- force that he is, that he's showing that he's can continue and will continue to get better moving forward. So, it's not often you get a statement game on opening night, but I think there's going to be a statement made, and I think the Nets win it. Really? I think the Nets are getting this one. I think that they're going to come out and say to the uh, to the Bucks, "Hey, you guys lucked out. You had all those injuries against us." Whether you and I believe that or not, I think the Nets truly believe that. That, hey, if Kevin Durant's foot is not on the line or if Kyrie Irving doesn't roll his ankle or if James Harden doesn't hurt his hamstring, like, we're winning this in five or six. Like, we dominated you guys in the regular season. We had you guys, you know, on your heels in the um, – it was the second round of the playoffs. Like, we are here for it. Kevin Durant is going to go absolutely probably nuts, him and James Harden dominating – that doesn't mean that this is going to be how the season ends, but I think there's, I think the Nets are out for blood in this first game at least. Yeah, I feel, I feel like losing a guy like PJ Tucker, especially how important he was, he was a vital piece for that Bucks organization and the roster. I feel like it's going to take time to replace. They definitely him. lost lost him, and he's shown that he's a great asset to that team. So. I don't know. Maybe they might have a new game strategy. Maybe somebody like Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday might take on the responsibility of being that pest to not slow down Kevin Durant, but like living him to you don't not to doing whatever down, he wants to do. Don't let it be easy. Yeah. Well, and part of that discussion is if Kyrie doesn't come back, it kind of opens up some of those things. Because if you have Kyrie, Harden, Durant, then you kind of have to match up three versus three with Drew Holiday on one of those guys, Chris Middleton on one of them, and then Giannis most likely on Durant. So if you can, if Kyrie's not there, you can open that up, and that lets Giannis be the great health defender that he is, where he doesn't have to guard necessarily one on one and just be on an island where he's just with Durant, so other guys can open up driving lanes. But there's also another game that night, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers playing against the Golden State Warriors. Who do you have in that matchup? I got the Lake Show winning. I'm just going to pick the teams that have home court advantage that opening night. So I feel like, obviously, you got the matchup between Braun and Curry. This has been the best matchup that we've seen over the past six or seven years and have been must-see TV ever since. So it was. it's just going to be exciting to watch those two talented players go up against each other. Uh, they, The Lakers acquired some big-time players in offseason, like we mentioned, Russ and Melo and they are going to play with a chip on their shoulder this upcoming season. But you can't doubt you can't doubt the best shooter and the second-best point guard in league history in Steph Curry. Uh, you got guys like Draymond Green, who isn't going to back down from a challenge, and another guy who's making his campaign for most improved player, Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. He's been balling out in the preseason, and he's been holding it down since Clay, Clay's been out due to injury. So you got guys that are going to – showcase that you know i can i can hang with steph and i can and they got steph's back when their backs are against the wall but the fans in milwaukee and la are going to be electric and that's why having home court advantage is so important um, on opening night and the energy is going to be through the roof and they're going to definitely be important when it comes to having their team come out with the win on opening night. Well, especially after, you know, the whole pandemic thing. Thunder fans couldn't get into the arena last year, but a lot of other teams did have fans or had some restrictions. But now it looks like everyone's maxed out. Like, everyone's going to be full at capacity. And I think people are ready. We've seen it at OU games. Like, people are excited and hyped to be back out at these games, and they 
cheer even louder than before because they're grateful just to be out there. Most definitely. I'm going to have to zag again. It looks like we're going to disagree on both these picks. Either one of us is going to be 0 for 2 or 2 and 0, Hey, listen, being the same, having comparing and being the same is boring. So it, it's boring. Nobody wants to hear that. No. You know I mean? so, no. So why do you think that the Warriors are going to win? I like the Warriors just because I wonder who is guarding Steph. And then a stat right here that you'll like. From 2016 to 2019, the Warriors played 106 regular season games with Draymond and Steph on the floor, but no KD. They went 95-11 and 11 over that Jeez. stretch. Yeah. 106 games, they won 95 of them without Kevin Durant with between, uh, from 2016 to 2019 when they had Draymond and Steph playing. Jeez, man. So that's part of why, I mean, I mentioned that I think that um, Draymond's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Steph might be an MVP candidate. He could be definitely in the conversation for scoring champion. Most definitely. Yeah, but, I mean, he was going crazy. He scored like 45-something in a preseason last week against Portland. And then you have some younger players. You talked about Jordan Poole. Um, and then you have the younger guys who are ready for breakouts like James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga and then Kendrick Perkins' guy. Mozamodi, Mozamodi, Mozamodi. Yes, that that man right there. I love saying that. But I think they're in a great position. I uh, and then Andrew Wiggins is finally back. COVID, yeah. COVID shot Andrew Wiggins, and uh-huh. they're not going to ask him to do a ton. But I really like a lot of the things on this roster, and I think on opening night, as we saw, preseason doesn't always translate to regular season but the Lakers have been really bad in the preseason and that's not to say that they're not going to be a great team down the line but traditionally Russell Westbrook with a bunch of new teammates starts out really slow and then LeBron does the same thing in terms of kind of feeling out what the team needs and adapting over the course of the season but I've got the Warriors in that one do you think that with the Warriors waving Avery Bradley do you think that's going to hurt them moving moving forward I mean if they're – Avery Bradley is kind of washed. Wow. But, like, not not in a mean way. It's just like you just don't get to play that many years, most guys. I mean, LeBron's an aberration playing 19 years being this good. Um, but Avery Bradley's was a really great on-ball defender when he was younger, but he's lost a step, and he's never really, really improved as a shooter. So I don't think they're missing out on a ton. They still have guys like Kent Bazemore, and they're still waiting for Clay to come back. That's the X factor. And they can always make a trade at some point. Andrew Wiggins, you know, I like him on that roster, but there's no reason to say that he's a keeper. And then hopefully, like I mentioned with these younger guys, like can James Wiseman be an effective player? Because he looked like he did not fit at all, and he looked lost last year. Mm -hmm. So just any type of progress from him is a win. You forgot Iggy, too. Yeah, Iggy Dalla's coming back. They have a lot of the core members of guys who play together who can kind of set the culture back into what they like. But I've got the Warriors, so Miles, just to go back over that, we have Nets, Bucks. You have the Bucks. I have the Nets, and then Lakers, Warriors. You have the Lakers, and I have the Warriors. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Only time will tell. Night. I'll have it. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how these, how both teams uh, match up with each other opening night. So look forward to that. Well, we gotta get out of here. I'm still working on, like I said, of getting the podcast on apple it's on spotify posting every monday and thursday it's just some weird financial banking stuff you know we're, we're trying to get paid here. <laughs> we're, we're making tens of dollars right oh but my gosh. as always thank you so much for listening miles you have anything to say hey listen man 
We on social media with it. Feel me? Follow us on IG at Thundergrads. We'll be posting uh, new content on there. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Thundergrads, and be on the lookout for just us slowly making our way up and getting this th- getting this podcast up and running. So I'm excited for what the future holds, and be sure to like and subscribe. I'll see y'all next time. For sure, we're just getting this thing rolling. <laughs>